Ladies and gents, welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast. Another beautiful episode, episode 41, Cup of News here. Pete's actually in Chicago. I'm here in LA. We're doing a remote Zoom session, having a sip of Gentleman's Jack here. Cheers, brother. You know, what's more American than sipping on some Jack and talk about some gun rights? You know, so guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the COVID-19 passports that they want to introduce to the U.S., some airlines are requiring them and some cruise ships are actually requiring them too. Then we're also going to talk about some court cases regarding gun laws. We're also going to bring up the two recent shootings that happened in the United States, one in Atlanta, and then the most recent um, shooting that we, that we had in, in, in um, I forgot what state it is, dude. Atlanta, we had in Boulder, Colorado, just Boulder, happened Colorado. today. Yeah. So we had some, a lot of stuff going on this week and, you know, there's a giant court case regarding guns going on and the shooting is going on. And it's just, it's been a crazy time. Like, I feel like there's more shootings here than there is, is Europe. And I'm not sure why that's happening, especially with school shootings. I'm not sure if you noticed, but there's not a lot of school shootings that happen in, in Europe. I know this wasn't a school shooting, but I think the United States has more sh- school shootings than all the other places in the world combined. You are correct. And what's interesting is that we never talk about mental health during these times, right? Which is probably the most important thing. I think one of the shooters in Georgia had like some sex addiction problem. Like every single time it's always, Hey, these are weapons of war. Let's get them off the streets. Yeah. So that's much of the first topic These COVID-19 passports. Let's go, baby. So something that's, you know, this is interesting because I personally didn't take the vaccine. You didn't, but it seems like more and more as time is progressing, this is the push. This is the next thing that's going to happen. So hopefully we don't have an episode where we don't we don't have as much freedom to do things or to go, for example, travel, right? So these little cards is basically right now, it's like a little COVID card that you get and you see it all over social media. People are kind of, you know, flaunting it. Now Krispy Kreme is offering a free donut if you get the, uh, if you show your vaccine passport. And it seems like if we want to go back to normality is what they're quoting it, correct? Whether it's school, whether it's entertainment, whether it's venues, whether it's travel, this is going to be the golden ticket is what they're stating. Yeah, this whole donut thing for your vaccine, that's like, that's almost hilarious to me because we're pushing for this good health. You know, you got to be healthy, take vitamin D, take vitamin C. It's good for your health. You got to stay healthy. And yet your reward for that vaccine is, is a donut, which it's kind of as backwards because a vaccine, remember, it symbolizes health, right? Health, wellness, longevity, anti-disease. And what do you get for it? A donut, which, you know, promotes diabetes, hypertension, and all the other illnesses that we associate with high those corn syrup and sugar. So what, what an American thing, you know, I don't want to be like, like an asshole because, because, you know, I'm saying it's an American thing. I don't want to be biased or, or, or whatever, but you know how somebody say that's the American way. Like this is the American way to promote a fucking vaccine is by offering a donut in exchange for your little card of, of acceptance. Basically it's crazy, man. It's so funny to me sometimes. It, it is mind blowing, man. And, and these are our, TV scientist experts that are promoting this. You know what I mean? Even like we did a research study about it, bro. And like, if you eat some kind of sugar product, I don't know the exact amount of grams, it lowers your immune system T cells by like 50%. Mm -hmm. And we know that if you're consuming sugar, it reduces the effectiveness of the vaccine that you're actually getting. So why would you want a donut when you get a vaccine? Dude, it's ridiculous. What a, what a amazing marketing choice by Krispy Kreme is because, you know, everyone's going to go to their store and, you know, you're more likely to now get donuts for your whole family, right? You get that one free one, but hey, I'm going to go home. I'm going to Krispy Kreme. And hey, I have my husband waiting at home, my wife waiting at home. Might as well get another donut. So they pay for that. 
and that's beautiful marketing. And then you know what they're also going to do? They're going to get a nice tax break because they're going to write off all those free loans that they give out. You know, and if you one dollar costs one dollar, that's a million dollars. If a million people, you know, get the vaccine, that's crazy. Another so, another win for large corporations. Right. And when it comes to this COVID uh, vaccine, so they keep saying that it's likely to happen. But people don't know that actually um, Joe Biden, actually one of his executive orders that he signed, um, it's assessing the feasibility to link COVID-19 vaccinations to the International Certification of Vaccinations or Prophylaxis, ICVP. So they're going to, he's pushing executive order to produce some kind of electronic version of this, of a digital document. Um, so mixed, mixed reviews here, bro. Like I'm all for having some form of documentation, but I think it's a problem when you're taking away what I had before as a right to do things. Like imagine if this is going to be true. Well, it's already happening. So Royal Caribbean already announced that you're going to need a vaccination to enter the the cruise line. Um, I believe the IATA, right? So that's some um, uh, airline. They're actually teaming up with IBM to help enable a uh, like a digital uh, presentable proof of vaccination. So do you think we're not gonna be able to go to like a football game or a soccer game in a couple, like in half a year because of this? Who knows? But that's like the argument that we always bring up is we're not anti-vaxxers. We believe in science. You know, we believe in climate change. We believe in, you know, space exists. It's not balloons in the air. Like, like we believe in this stuff and we understand its validity and its, its benefit, but we don't like the fact that it's going from your choice to basically your ticket to a normal living, a normal society, right? Because is there going to be like stores where you can go to that you don't, don't need a vaccine for, right? Like, you know how back in the day when civil rights weren't a thing and there was a black water fountain and a white water fountain, yes. is there going to be a non-vaccine store and a, and a pro-vaccine store? Is Royal Caribbean going to have two cruise ships where one's going to be for vaccinated people only and one for non-vaccinated? Like, you know, like, how does that make any sense? It's, it's not a choice anymore when, when you when you have restrictions on it. It's not it's not fair at all. So that, that's, that's like the main yes. argument. Now the president is trying to do some executive orders to to quicken this. Like, if it's something that you have to receive to get perks in society, it's not a choice, and, it, and it's fucked up. That it shouldn't be happening. Like, there shouldn't you shouldn't be required to take anything to be part of society, right? Yeah, and is and Israel is a perfect example because they already introduced this green passport, is what they called it. And people that got vaccinated in Israel, they were able to resume going to the gym again. They're able to go back to pray and do churches and things like that. That's that's so mind blowing because I didn't take the vaccine, but I'm still alive here. I'm not dead or anything. So why should I get penalized for not taking it? Correct. I've been taking care of myself since like youth and I'm still young. Right. So if I have a healthy immune system and I'm able to withstand infections, why should I get penalized? Versus the people that are like, you know, sick, fat, nearly dead in a way. And they're getting this because they're scared. But now I have to have the penalty, but I've been taking care of myself. You know what I mean? It's like this double-edged sword. I mean, of course, this is a very opinionated piece. And I'm swinging towards, you know, that we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't take away the rights of people that didn't take it because I don't, I didn't personally take it. And, And this is like the whole freedom thing, man. Like it bothers the hell out of me that this is happening. And I'm interested to see how it's going to play out because a few months ago we talked about this, right? And it was just a funny little, not, it wasn't funny. We just mentioned that it might happen. And now we're seeing the full swing in the last few months. Right. If McDonald's 
can sell you their processed ass food without putting any kind of ingredients or telling you it's unhealthy and you can buy it knowing very well it's unhealthy, then why the hell are you making me get a vaccine, right? If people could eat unhealthy, processed, shitty food that, that we know that it's detrimental to your body and the government knows it and they still allow these corporations to exist and produce it, then so why the hell are they making a vaccine mandatory? If you're legally allowing me to destroy my body with the food that I eat and not being healthy, if I could, in my own choosing, eat McDonald's for the rest of my life, have hypertension, have diabetes, die at the age of 40, you know, be unhealthy, go to hospital. I could legally do that. I could legally eat garbage and be unhealthy, yes. but I can't legally be a part of society because I don't want to have a, have a vaccine that has literally almost no effect on me. Pete, like I, a- I, I, w- I wish people connected the dots like you, man. Like you paint this, you actually painted the perfect vivid picture of like what it is. It, it is what it is. And it's so sad that that's happening. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like you could label me that guy doesn't want a vaccine. You can label me as unhealthy because I didn't get a vaccine. Fine, put me in, in that group of people that eat McDonald's. That's fine, but it's still my choice. I can choose to eat McDonald's. I can choose not to eat it. So I should be able to choose what I want in my body, right? Like it doesn't yeah. make any kind of sense. And, and like, as you, as people that listen to this podcast, you guys know that we talk about large corporations all the time, how they, how they never fail to never care for the American people, right? It's never for we the people. So if you believe that you were going to get a digital ID, I believe the the World Economic Reform already is creating a product called the Common Pass. So they're creating a digital QR code in a way that's you're going to be able to show authorities that you're vaccinated. Um, IBM is creating a digital product as well. It's it's going to be a little bit scary because at first it's going to be just the COVID va- vaccine, correct? On there, eventually it's going to be more health records. Maybe it's going to be your ID or identification. Where? Where does that end? Where's the end of that? Maybe it's going to be digital currency afterwards and we're going to just erase currency at all. It's just going to be all in this one digital ID that one corporation is going to control. That gets a little bit scary. And it's not only United States, it's going to be the whole world because this is a pandemic and they're going to basically create one digital document for everybody, I feel like. Yeah, and I guess a lot of people arguing that having this vaccine passport, the vaccine card, you're being tracked more, right? So there's always that, that argument because we're always thinking like, what else can the state do to track us more, to make us more compliant, things like that. I understand that argument, but I don't think it's valid at this point in time saying that we're gonna be tracked more because now we need a vaccine passport, all that. Because our cell phones do more tracking than anything else. If you wanna know someone's health history, you just go on your phone. You know, you Google all your symptoms. You know, if you want a health history, you don't got to really hack anyone's EMR or anything like that. You have it on, on their phone, yep. right? You can look up keywords and, and stuff and it'll pull up for you. So that whole tracking thing that people are scared of, oh, I'm going to get a vaccine chip or a vac- vaccine card or anything like that and they're going to track me. I feel like that, that, that's, that's kind of irrelevant at this point. So I don't feel like we're arguing th- that point at all because like I shot a phone tracks us, you know, a lot more than anything else. Yeah, you don't need a card. And right. the the counter argument here is that there is already some kind of form of vaccinations card. So actually in 2007, it started because um, there was something called nicknamed the yellow card. And that's because of the yellow fever. So in ye- a yellow fever is very, there was an outbreak in Africa, correct? And those um, at least 32 countries are now considered risk of yellow fever. And I think it, uh, it affects the total population of 600 and 610 million people. Um, among that, those 219 million people living in urban settings. So you need to get vaccinated for a yellow, the, I'm sorry, for the yellow fever. So some of these African countries, you can't even enter into, let's just say Uganda, I'm going to give an example, without showing the, the yellow card. So there's already some form of a vaccination card, 
but now it's going to be universal, I believe, in, you know, across the whole entire world now. Yeah, and they're taking it like one step further because for you to attend school, you got to get vaccinated, right? So hopefully they don't make the COVID-19 vaccine mandatory for, for school. You know, and, and this just shows that we're not anti-vax because I believe like, yeah, get the current vaccines needed for, for school. That's appropriate because those diseases are very detrimental to, to people. And if those diseases come back to society, that's gonna be a huge issue. So hopefully they don't have to make it mandatory for school. I feel like for colleges, it might be mandatory. And I feel like if it's not mandatory this year, I think if you have another outbreak of something, they're going to make it mandatory. Or if I believe there's like a second strain that does a similar impact as his first strain, then I feel like they're going to make it mandatory for, for universities and, and schools, I almost feel like. And Especially it, nursing students. Nursing students, we're, we're always like, we're, we're in healthcare, so we're always going to be the people that get vaccinated first because we're, we deal with the public, so they want us to, to be more safe. And I feel like they're running experiments on us as, as we speak because they made the vaccine applicable and available for us healthcare workers before anybody else. I know. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So hopefully it doesn't turn into something like the flu shot where, you know, you got to get a flu shot to attend, you know, school because as, as a kid, you get the flu all the time. We have immune systems and the issue with the, with the flu shot is it's not even that accurate all the time. Like I believe the highest success rate was like 60% or 70% if, if that even, you know, because there's so much strains of, of the flu where the flu vaccine almost becomes pointless. Yeah. And, and speaking of like the lockdown and stuff again, actually in England and a couple of countries in Europe, they're actually going to, I don't know if it's lockdown 3.0 or 4.0 at this point, there's actually a new strain that was an outbreak in the United Kingdom. So we'll see if it already crosses over to United States. I know there was a few cases or something. Supposedly it's more deadly, but I don't know, man, like this, this is what bothers me the most out of all this, that we're, we keep pushing this and we talked about this multiple times you know, during all this, all year, there wasn't one single push for health education. And there still isn't because we just talked about Krispy Kremes. It's like the public is, the government and the science is almost as backwards the way we see it on TV. And the people uh, believe that and they're just going along with it. Like we're not even connecting the dots, how like whether things even make sense, you know? Yeah, um, and, I, and, I, and I laugh at those nurses that are, that's, that's to be a dick, but I laugh at those nurses that, our pictures post the pictures of a free donut with their vaccine card because it's like you gotta have vaccination for health promotion and then you're eating a donut which is like com the complete opposite of, of health promotion you know Wait, are you serious I, yeah. I don't know if, what because i haven't been on social media today and this just happened a couple of days no way I, they're doing i haven't it. been on social media very often too but they're really posting a free donut on the stories with a vaccine card because they got a free free donut with their with their vaccine card and so it, it's just like like it's completely counterintuitive you know that's so it's, it's like me promoting the intermittent fasting diet and health promotion and then me smash the box of donuts right after the gym. You yeah, know? you know, you know how when we posted the vaccine episode, people are talking shit on social media about us that we're a bad representation to the nurse community because we don't believe in science they they claimed on us. That whole donut vaccine thing is a perfect example of just science and how are you representing healthcare as a nurse and advocating for health when you're doing that shit. It's almost delusional. Like we got so much shit for posting that that we didn't get a vaccine and, and all that. And, and look at this. They're literally like, you know, I don't want to point finger. I'm like, I got to point fingers, but like, you're not giving a good pro-vaccine example because you're gonna. It's gonna make the public seem like, hey, I'm gonna get this vaccine, and now I could eat this though. I could technically eat unhealthy as long as I get this vaccine. Because this vaccine, because even though I'm gonna eat unhealthily and I'll get other diseases, at least won't get COVID-19. So you know, I'm gonna get this vaccine and get a donut. <laughs> I know, man. And speaking of um, 
us not in, getting um, vaccinated, maybe we could just use the dark net and get a free COVID vaccine passport for 150 bucks. So that was actually something that, that I looked up next that there's actually a lot of fake vaccinations that are happening in uh, the dark web. And it's cheap as 150 bucks, but it's also very hard to track because link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, you're linking the show notes. <laughs> Promo code cup of nurses get 10% off. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, they're having a very hard time tracking these people because they're using cryptocurrency, they're using Bitcoin to you know purchase these uh vaccine passports. I wonder if you could you could I'm sure you can. I wonder if you could purchase actually, I don't think you can purchase a, a fake negative uh COVID 19 like test test mm-hmm. that'd be interesting i i actually wonder like so what's going to be the parameter for us for example so if if we get this card and because maybe everybody needs to have a digital passport after this so how often are we going to have to have a negative test when we enter places is it gonna have to be 72 hours is it gonna only have to be once a week because i'm down to show proof that i'm COVID negative and then i could attend normal living activities or go to the ball game or something. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I have to uh, be, you know, COVID negative every single time I do an activity, I feel like I'm being penalized and that's not fair. Mm -hmm. For sure. Dude. I hate that. I hate when they keep saying like your choice, your choice, but they set all these damn restrictions. It's super annoying. I hope we don't, we don't have to like do this because it's gonna be very frustrating for me. Like I know it's, you can't think about yourself health for the public. We have elderly out there that are, that, are, that are getting sick. But to give you honest perspective, our hospital that we work at completely slowed down. Yeah, there's three COVID cases, guys. And uh, LA was a freaking epidemic epicenter when it was on the yeah. news. I'm sure other hospitals still have a lot of cases, but it just shows that it's it's starting to slowly die down. And people that are most susceptible, unfortunately, have, have passed away. Like, it's sad to say. And I'm sure people that, that were susceptible to it have passed away, too. But, you know, COVID-19 is census is, is currently super low where we work at. And I'm sure other parts of the country are seeing this, this as well. I know in Texas, they reopen everything. So they're getting like another spike they're, they're saying, but I haven't really, really seen it firsthand because I, I haven't worked there, you know? So only time will tell. We'll see. A lot of people are saying that by July, things should, things should be easy. Even the president said that 4th of July, we should have things more under control. Bar- barbecue with the family. Yeah, barbecue with the family, which is what you guys wanted, right? So you know, maybe COVID-19 has taken its course and people that have died off have, have died off and kind of life hopefully will be back to normal. Like I feel the mask, like you said before, Matt, that it might be a new hospital change where it's going to be more required in the hospital. That's going to be the, the new, you could say gloves, because at one point, remember Kyle was, was on episode saying that nurses not never used to wear gloves until, you know, they, the they had an Yeah, exactly. So maybe now it's going to be a mask requirement, which, which I'm okay. I understand wearing masks in the hospital is a thing. You know, we're not sure what's out there. We're not sure how contagious things are. Yeah, I want to wear a mask in a hospital and all that. That's fine with me. I'm, I'm cool with that. It's not really outside. Like, there's no reason for us to really be wearing masks outside. If you have older parents, older grandparents, and you really think that they might catch you and you're going to be sick, then wear a mask. Wear a mask. But for most of society, I feel like we'll be fine without a mask. Yeah, and also like this whole... I feel like recently we have stepped away from the individual and everything is more for the people, right? Like social distance. Do you not care about me? You know what I mean? And that, and that, and that whole dilemma where it's, you have to be like altruistic and like, this is for the greater good. It's not about the individual anymore. That happened with everything during this like pandemic, like stay home because you should save other lives. 
And like, even like wearing a mask in public, like people are like, like staying away from me. Like, wow, you don't care about my health because I'm, you know, I'm doing this. Um, and Mr. Fauci said three feet is the new safe zone. I still see six feet everywhere, right? When they said six feet rule on mask, everybody hopped on. Why can't we hop on this three, three feet rule now, right? Yeah, what, what that? If science is backing it up and everyone's pro-science, let three feet be the new standard and that will move to zero feet eventually, right? Why is nobody pushing for three feet now? Everyone's still six feet. Even when we were in LA, it was still six feet. The guy told us six feet and wear a mask when we we're outside. Oh yeah. And, and that was like, I forget, oh yeah, we're, we're like shooting a vlog and we're just like outside in these like light section in Hollywood. And yeah, they were, yeah, they were very, they're dicks, man. Isn't it wild, man? It's interesting to say, you know, science, I feel like a lot of people are pro-science when it fits their needs, because that's kind of shown ignorance as well. If you're, if you're still, I'd rather be safe and be six feet. Okay. If you want to be six feet, that's fine. It's, it's your thing, but don't say that that's completely backed up by science because science is telling me that three feet is, is just as good as six. So why, why, let me do three feet. You can do six feet. Don't bash me for not doing six feet because as we know, science changes as, as time progresses, right? So yes. how are you going to hop on that science gravy train at, at six feet? And now, oh, I think six feet is still safer. Well, you think six feet is safe, still safer? Great. Well, I think masks aren't really as effective as we think. So I guess I'll do my thing too, but I can't, right? <laughs> ain't, that, ain't that some shit, huh? Oh man, P, I feel like you're like the rebel man, just breaking all the damn rules. But wow. I, I completely agree with you with everything that you said. So... I hope in July we go, we have some normalcy. Yeah. yeah hopefully some fireworks. Hopefully they don't say that fireworks are, are unsafe and that we yeah. can't, they promote COVID-19 gatherings and we can't show fireworks anymore. Some shit, that'd be some shit. I know, but you know, you know, it blows my mind in California. They passed that law where they're open. So they open up um, amusement parks again, but you can't scream on roller coasters. I, I <laughs> like, I, what am I supposed to be silent and just like tape my mouth and just like hump? Right. Why I'm freaking going down a roller coaster, like, uh, and what also bothers me is that that's like saying you could piss here but piss quietly, you know. Like, how yeah, am I supposed man. to control the volume of my piss? You know. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta squeeze in the pelvic muscle, man. Just let it dribble a little bit, just so it doesn't make any noise. Right. It's wild, man. It would also blows my mind from everything that like we the people are just like taking this and we're not like saying anything. We're just like just. How do how do I describe it? We're just taking this shit and we're not like saying like this is ridiculous or like how can you tell me not to scream on a roller coaster? Mm -hmm. Like who the hell is making up these regulations? You know what I'm saying? We know how California is with the laws. Like the governor, you know, had those crazy ass laws where you could only throw a baseball, you know, a certain feet or whatever. It was all weird, dude. And like, you know, I don't know whose podcast I was listening to, but it was just saying it's just like like a guy that just wants to show his power. He just set up these laws just to see how far we can go and just to put them in place because he wants to have a say in your life and everything that, that you do, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what, what it seems like to be, especially in California with all these crazy laws we had during COVID. And now we have this, there's no screaming law. It's dude. It's wild. That's weird. It's super weird. So yeah, I, I, we debunked all that. So whatever you guys listen to there in the, in the this second half, or we're going into the second half now, right? But first half, just take it with a grain of salt. Of course, as we always say, DYOR, we're not anti-mask, anti-vaccine, we're just sharing our own opinionated piece. You know what I mean? I think we should just return to some normalcy. I think people are just way too freaked out from the pandemic. We realized it is for, you know, it is what it is. A lot of people passed away and let's just, you know, return to normal. And if things aren't returning to normal, we should be still doing all these things. Then we should start looking at like heart disease and cancer the same way, because 
if we care so much about the people and so much about these delicate lives, then we should start to tackling heart disease and cancer like full on because that's where a lot of people are dying. Yep. So, yeah, that's my statement. I don't know if you want to close close off any thoughts before going to the shootings. You know, I, I couldn't close it off better myself, man. Thanks, so, boss. So Boulder, Colorado, we had a man that um, shot a 21 year old man, right? That shot 10, 10 people today. So salute to the people that had passed away. Unfortunately, it was at a gro grocery store. And this is a second mass shooting shooting that happened within a week time frame. And of course, it was a AR style 15 rifle. So, you know, they're calling these the weapons of what is it? Not mass destruction, weapons of war. And we need to do something about it. So ironically, there is a court case tomorrow, which we'll, we'll talk about soon, that has to do with um, search warrants, the Fourth Amendment and things like that. So that's going to be up to discussion. And um, it, it's so it's so sad, you know, that like guns are you know, killing people, but I'm still going to hold to this argument that it's not the, the gun itself. It's just the people behind the trigger. And, you know, we, we took a lot of money away from mental health in the United States. We've closed on a lot of centers. Our homeless population has literally freaking mental health issues. You see people, you, we you know, we, we did a vlog a couple of days ago in Hollywood or not in LA. And you can tell these people on the streets screaming, you know, remember the little Asian lady that was like tapping the feet and calling you a bitch and all that. Like when you walk past her, there's a lot of mental health issues and we never talk about that. It's always the gun. It's always that freaking assault rifle that's killing people. What are we going to do about it? We need to do something about it because that gun is killing people. Like I'm pro gun. I've always been, been pro gun because the more, the more things you take away from us citizens, the more exploitation there could be by people that have access to that, right? So if I can't buy a gun illegally, that means I'm going to have to buy it illegally, illegally if I want a gun, right? And buying it illegally is a, is a lot more dangerous than buying it legally, right? So I want to give you, give you an example that it's, it's not the law that, that that's a problem, it's a person. So it's like saying a McDonald's employee, he knows he's giving you garbage. Is it, is it his fault? Should you blame the McDonald's employee for, for giving the, the cheeseburger to a 300 pound, pound man, knowing that he shouldn't be eating it, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's not the worker's fault. He's trying to make a, make a living, right? And same, same with the gun laws. I don't own a gun because I want to kill people, right? I own a gun because I want to protect myself in case that arises, right? So I'm going to give you another example. I know this is probably not the best example, but, but still, it still should be brought up because it does have some 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 inside information. So imagine if that guy came into that place and shot people and somebody had a gun themselves, he probably could have taken them out quicker, right? Maybe that person would have killed two people, three people, maybe six people instead of the 10, right? If somebody was, was, was armed. Yeah, right. To arms, yeah. Right. That's, you know, it's not always the best example to give because, you know, I don't believe in it. Everybody should carry a gun, right? I believe it's your choice. If you want to carry a gun. You can, but imagine if somebody there had a gun legally there, it, this, the situation could have, could have been dealt with in a, a pro, more appropriate manner and quicker manner because it takes time for the police to, to, to get there, right? And all you would have needed is, is one person that, that had a legal gun and on there and on the scene. Yeah, you know? and an, another great example is look what happened with uh, 2020, right? The, the riots that broke out all across the United States. Um, even like Santa Monica, for example, we're watching the news because we're here travel nursing. Uh, oh wait, no, I was right. Jeez, what year was that? 2020. I was, okay, I was in California and literally in Chicago and different states or cities, all that. You had police officers that were just watching people loot and they didn't do anything. 
they weren't enforcing the law during that time. Why? Because it was too dangerous for them to step in. So they just let people burn the city down, right? Um, if that's happening and my own government can't protect me from people that are, you know, uh, committing crimes, shit, I should probably have the right to bear arm because I should have the right to protect my family. Imagine if there was this giant outbreak happening, right? And then there's just people freaking committing crime, breaking into home, stealing shit, and they took away all our weapons. And that's why I believe the right, the right to bear arms, man. I'm so pro that amendment. You should have the, you should have to, you should have the freedom of speech. Right. And I feel like that's being stripped away so much, unfortunately. And I should have the right to carry a weapon if I choose to do so or hold it at home because I should have the responsibility to protect my family. That's like my manhood kind of stepping in. Right. That's how it's always been for generations. And we shouldn't be relying for a government because look, look at the government when it came to the pandemic. They failed at it. They failed protecting the American people from an outbreak. Right. We failed with so many things. And I don't think, you know, we should just have police officers handle everything. Yeah. We, and yeah, I mean, then if you want police officers to handle everything, then you're going to need a police officer on, on, on every block because there's shit going on everywhere. Like when I was in a city during the, like the riots, a shop owner told me literally was going on in Chicago. And I brought it up before, maybe a few episodes ago, maybe like 10 or 20 episodes ago. And I don't know about 20, but 10. And he literally <laughs> said that, that during this pandemic, this process, there was literally people going into people's homes and raping women because they were taking advantage of the situation because every, the cops were preoccupied doing other things. You so they would literally that. figure out where certain women live and they would take advantage of the, of the cops being busy and literally rape women. So would you not want to be a person protecting your, your wife or daughter with, with, with a weapon and, and, and that kind of thing? If, you're, if your neighbor's daughter got raped because looting going on, would you not want to have a gun at home and protect you? Because shit, my neighbor's wife, daughter got raped. What if they hit, what if they come into my home and rape my wife and my daughter? Yep. You know? Isn't that I, fucked up? Sometimes you just, you just need to because you can't always expect somebody to protect you. You have to take matters into your own hands. And that's how it is. Like, imagine if if you couldn't punch somebody in the face and you got punched in the face and you had to call, call the cops for them to do that situation and you couldn't fight back. Like, what the hell? Like, that'd be crazy, right? It's kind of a similar thing with him with guns because if somebody comes to my home, he's, he's breaking in for, for a reason, right? It's, maybe it's to rob, to, you know, to do something. Might not be to hurt me, but how the hell do I know? Yeah, and having right, a gun having a gun and waving it around saying, Hey, I, I have, I have a gun. You know, I literally have a firearm swinging around my finger is, is showing you, Hey, I I'm the authority of, of my property. If you come in here, you know, what's going to happen. Like, like, like you're showing that you're able to protect yourself. And I guarantee you, if somebody sees you sitting on your porch with a gun in your hand, they're not going to come near you. Even if, even if, if, if they have a gun, yeah, they might shoot you, but guess what? If they shoot you, they're going in, in to, to jail for life because they have no reason to kill you. And if they have a, and yeah, they have no reason to kill you. If it's like, it doesn't matter if the gun's legal or, or illegal. They're not going to do it. That's the number yeah. one adherence. No one's going to rob your house if they know they have a chance of dying. They're going to rob your neighbor's house, right? Isn't it wild that our founding fathers created this constitution like in 1776, so many years ago, yet it's so relevant to still modern day. You know what I mean? Like it's because still they, knew shit that was, they knew shit that was going on in England. They're, they knew that their rights were getting taken away. They came here for freedom of choice, freedom to, to do these things. And they were able to do it civilly. I understand that civil life was a little bit more aggressive and a little more dangerous than, than, than it is now. But still, they had a good set of morals. You know, the guys weren't stupid. It wasn't just one person that wrote this document. It was a group of people. So, not, so it wasn't just one person. That makes things a lot more valid. Unlike now where you have a president signing executive orders, a governor m making laws on, on his own terms, right? This is a group of people and they all agreed on this. You don't have the California governor t 
talking to with all the mayors. Hey, you guys think this is a good idea to enforce? No, he's doing it on, on his own. The founding fathers wasn't a one man army. It was, it was a group of people, right? So yes. why can't we just, we discuss laws, make laws as a group. That's why you have Congress. But you know, the governor doesn't, doesn't go to Congress. He just makes laws himself because he's the ruling party, the ruling guy of, of that town, that city, that jurisdiction. So it's fucking wild. It is, man. It, it blows my mind, dude. And what do you know? Another case of the media just covering, you know, bad stories in a way, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, back to the shooting stuff. It's um, so with Boulder shooting, there wasn't really necessarily, you know, a race or anything like that. But whenever they have the opportunity to, just like we say, attack guns, right? The media blows that out of proportion. And just like the Atlanta shooting, right? As soon as they had a way to create some kind of racial divide, boom, that story gets blown up. Because in the last uh, couple of weeks now, whenever you listen to this episode, of course, we've had Asian Lives Matter. Last year, we had Black Lives Matter. So it just seems like all lives matter, guys. It, that, 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 that's what the news is telling you. But the news doesn't tell you that. They just... They, they, they give you it in bits and pieces. Last year was black people. This year was Asian people. I'm not racist, by the way, guys. And it's just like any single time the media has an opportunity to create some kind of divide, some kind of racial thing, black, white, this, that. They freaking do it. They exploit it. And honestly, I think the media is racist because they're always targeting this, these racism stories. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. And you know what's crazy? Every time you bring up race or different colors or, or people, you have to say, but I'm not racist, right? Because otherwise you're going to be deemed as racist. Isn't that so crazy? And, you know, we're nurses. We work in a hospital. We work with all races. We don't have any kind of bias against certain people. We don't treat one race differently than the other. They're not just standard treatment. Like, we're not racist. If you keep bringing up racism, this is racist, that's racist, how are you going to have racism, racism not exist anymore, right? right. And, and, and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you first, please. Thank you. I feel like it's so sad that I have to like protect myself not saying I'm racist or something because we live in such a sensitive culture. And speaking of which, I was actually listening to um, Eddie Murphy, like a stand-up. Have you ever listened to him, uh, a stand-up by him? He's amazing, man. He was so funny back in the day. Dude, he, was, he was an amazing comic. Okay, so and this guy was funny as hell. So I'm sorry if it offends anybody now. But like this guy was going in on gay people, okay? Like he was calling gay people faggots, right? And nowadays, that would be like, whoa, right? Like you guys probably just heard me say that. And you're just like, oh my God, he just said that, right? I'm sorry for using that term. But back then, Eddie Murphy was saying that he was swinging it around the crowd, swinging all these terms. Like if you watch that stand up, this guy is vulgar, man. And that was okay and acceptable back, back then. Nowadays... If any single comedian said that or Joe Rogan, geez, man, that would make headlines. Dude, right? And even the podcast that me and Luke were watching, it was uh, the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall and Chad Johnson. They, were, they literally brought up this, the same topic that there's so much black on black violence, but nobody talks about it. They're, they're talking about the typical black person mindset and how a lot of black people, you know, know think certain ways and they can't get out of this, this like, this thought process because of the way they're raised and everything like, like, like they bring it up, but the media doesn't address black on black violence very often. It's always on black on white or white on black. So it just shows you that the media is to a certain extent racist because they're obviously avoiding the main problem, which is especially in Chicago is a black on black violence. That's huge. 
Black Hat Black Violence is is a is the biggest reason black people are, are are dying. Not white person shooting black people, not Asian shooting black people. It's literally black people doing it doing it to themselves and their neighborhoods. Like why can't we address it? Like is that are we so sensitive that, that that we can say that black on black violence is is a is toxic to America? Like why is nobody saying this? It's so hard to, to say why because I'm because we're saying the color black and we can't say the, the, the color black because it's racist because it's different from white. Like it's just mind blowing. Like no one ever addressed black on black violence ever, and it's crazy. Even they don't address it in Chicago. Even Lord Lightfoot doesn't want to talk about black on black violence. They mention it once in a while when the community brings brings it up, but and that's the only time they address it. They don't address it themselves, and it's mind blowing, man. And this is why I believe that like this whole vaccine thing, it was never about your health, correct? And when it comes to black on black violence, like if, and, and this is a real issue in Chicago, if anybody's curious, like there's like, Chicago's a murder capital. We have so many deaths and everything. If they really cared about us, we the people, because we elect them, wouldn't they be addressing this? Like, hey guys, okay, black on black violence is a real thing. I think we really need to come together as a community and really start pouring love into the community. They would start implementing things to prevent that and decrease that, right? But that's not happening. And I wish I wish people kind of saw our perspective a little bit. And maybe more and more, you know, whoever is listening, maybe you listened to a few episodes already with us, you're starting to already cultivate that perspective because this is what we want you to see. Like, it's just the news paints one picture but there's this deeper truth to things. And like, once you start seeing it, you start seeing how flawed the system is and everything. And we're not like, you know, against the government or anything, but I feel like the government is just not in our best interest for the people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like last episode, we explained the, the COVID relief bill that the government, that the uh, president signed. And we brought up 1 billion donated is for vaccine promotion. So we can afford just about $1 billion on vaccine promotion to promote vaccine, which is going to go for marketing purposes. But then you're going to tell me that we don't have enough funds to make these public schools better. You're going to tell me you can't go into a low-income housing neighborhood and, and make it better and change and provide a better opportunity, but you have the funds to do a $1 billion vaccine promotion bill. Like, like that just shows you where the interest lies. It's crazy. It doesn't lie in our... In, in targeting and fixing the problem in America, it doesn't lie there. They're just looking for the future. They don't really care about the poor because the, the poor almost provide no benefit to the government because they can't afford to pay taxes. If, sometimes the government has to view its citizens as, as a way to make money, right? The, the government makes money off us. Right? Because we pay taxes. We, we have a job, we have like that. So this one billion is going to go to marketing purposes, which is going to, of course, provide jobs, but not jobs in, in the right area. Yeah. So how are you going to tell me that you're going to, that you care about my health, that you care about me, that, and you're giving 1 billion to vaccine promotion, but you don't want to give half a billion to educate kids because who's going to change the world? Not Joe Biden in 10 years. It's the kids that are going to school that imagine giving that 1 billion to schools and having the next president come out of there in 40 years, right? No one, no one thinks about that, how much benefit that'll provide for raising our future children to be great individuals for the future, right? But no, yeah. let's devote one billion to marketing, to fucking marketing above anything, dude. Right. Not vaccine manufacturing, not vaccine research, but just to marketing, dude. We should have got jobs in marketing, man, because a billion dollars could have could have been in our pockets for vaccine promotion. For a billion dollars, Joe Joe Biden, everybody out there, I will promote the vaccine all the fuck you want. I'm not gonna take it, I'll promote it. You know, I, I think Peter will show your bare ass and he's get the needle right up the butt, man. I'll take the jab and I'll show you how yeah. I take the jab my way. <laughs> you can swab my ass like they do in China too, man. Crazy, dude. Oh man, so. 
speaking of pharmaceuticals, I actually posted a story about it today, and this is what it read. The pharmaceutical industry does not create cures. They create customers. Let, let that simmer in. Isn't that crazy? Is that mind blowing? Yeah, man. And a farm and all these come and, and what another thing that blows my mind is that like, for example, cardiologist, well, I don't want to use my grandpa as an example that they pushed another pill on him because he has risk factors and he probably needs the pill because he's not going to change being in his eighties. But for the regular person, like a doctor never tells you, like if your doctor doesn't, if you have an issue with hypertension, cholesterol, you're pre-diabetic, correct? And if the doctor does not address nutrition, sleep, lifestyle, maybe quitting smoking or whatever, and they just hand you the damn golden pill, which is the golden ticket to just getting better all of a sudden, they're not in your best interest. Go switch your damn doctor. They're just, they're creating customers for their pharmaceutical industries. You know what I mean? Or advocate for yourself. Advocate for yourself. Yes. Hey doc, you know what? I think I'm going to try and change my diet. I'm going to try to exercise and then then we'll see how my lab results come back. And maybe you have a genetic predisposition to certain things and maybe your diet change is, isn't the best. But take a listen. If you've been eating like shit, let's say you're 30 years old and you've been eating like shit for 25 out of those years, a week of eating healthy isn't going to fix you right away. Two weeks isn't going to do it. A month might not even do it. Like give yourself an ample amount of time, right? Yeah. Because a habit takes what, 30, 30 day, days to instill? Like when me and Matt talk about, like when Matt brings up, hey, Peter, you got to start putting away your shit. I always, I always give him some attitude back. I'm like, say, yeah, I'll do it. But, you know, habit takes 30 days. So, you know, give me, <laughs> give, give me some leeway here, you know, things like that. So, yeah, so advocate for yourself because I know it's always easier to, to take that pill. And, yeah, that pill is going to help you because you're not going to change your ways. And you might live a little bit longer because you're taking a hypertension pill. But you could live even longer without that pill with some appropriate diet and exercise changes, right? Amen, brother. It's crazy. We we're talking about, you know, you know, gun violence and we jumped into, you know, this whole, this whole thing, man. Because, because we're talking about the 1 billion that was given to advertisement. And I had to bring that up because it's so damn important. You know what I mean? Like, like I say, man, I want to paint the picture to people. I want them to see things for what they are. You know what I mean? It's just the truth, man. And we're just truth seekers. Sometimes we give our own little opinion piece and we give our own little twist and that's okay. That's why we're the cup of nurses, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so back to, that's the Atlanta shooting. So, I was reading online that, you know, because now with all these shootings going on, people are, are, are pushing against guns and we should take all guns away. And so this guy, if you guys look online, he was actually motivated, it says, by, by sexual, sexual addictions. So he was at odds with his sexual addiction and, and his religion. He actually went to like, like sex addiction, um, like, like rehab, basically, because it was, it, was, it was so bad. So this wasn't racially motivated or anything at all it was sexually motivated you know and i feel this is a good time to, to bring up porn you know porn you know, it's a beautiful thing it's, it's sometimes you know sometimes you just gotta watch it too for, you for know? the for the males listening right right and the females you know, females watch porn some females i've watched so much porn i don't even know how the hell that happens but you know porn just like with everything else it's good in moderation right but then it becomes overwhelming where it messes with your sex drive, you know, you can't get hard, you know, you go to freakier things that maybe you're not interested in. So just a higher stimulation, like there's a lot of negatives attributed with, with, with porn, but but you don't see it on the news, hey, this guy had a sex addiction because of all the porn he was watching and, and all that. You don't see that. You just see racially motivated and take away the guns. That's going to solve it. But not because there's free unlimited access to, to porn, you know? Yeah, you got to be 18 year old, year old to watch it and you, you would think that, you know, this, this thing isn't going to be detrimental to people, but it is, man. 
some people just have a hard time watching porn because it does that bad of a it's just that bad to them mentally yeah and like and like i didn't know that this man was addicted to porn till we looked into the shooting right so yes maybe asian hate is happening right i'm I'm not discrediting that race racism is a real thing right let's be honest but in this case maybe we should say hey stop watching pornography or something and push that agenda or stop help help um what should be the slogan help combat porn addiction right. you know what i mean and there should be a giant movement to reducing porn maybe taking all these only fans profiles down a little bit stop having kids watching TikTok videos to WAP, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. What, you know, what's up with that? But that that's irrelevant because it was an Asian white guy that shot some Asian people. That's the story that we're going to give to the public perception equals reality. You see that enough because the television is telling you a vision literally, and that's a perception. It creates a reality. And now we think there's Asian racism is a real thing. What do we do about it? Right? That's the freaking story but there's more to the story, just like you say, man. And yeah, porn addiction could be a real thing, dude. I mean, I've watched it before. I know how stimulating it could be to the mind, correct? And that's what's so sad that like these people that struggle with it, well, I'm, I'm about to start talking about erectile dysfunction here for these people, for these men that watch so much porn is they have these unrealistic expectations to this. And then when they start, they're with a real woman, they don't know how to make freaking love with her because their dick can't get hard, dude, because they have this, this fantasy of whatever they're watching or toe fetishes, who knows what, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're, like I said, we're pro-choice. If you, you can watch whatever you want, watch, do whatever you want. But, you know, porn is still, if you think about it, a, a new thing, you know, because when we were when we were growing up, there wasn't really internet. The only porn we had was magazines, right? And now it's widely available across everything. So, so we're not saying get rid of porn. If you want to watch it, you can watch it. A lot of people could, could handle it, but maybe we should push for some kind of education. Maybe, maybe education in schools. Maybe in, in, in psychology class or the health class, they should teach you about the negatives of watching too much porn, right? Because we don't we, we don't see that anywhere, right? And, and it is nope. a thing because as as we realize a lot of a lot of new things, we we think it's it's okay, but then over time we see that it gets addictive, right? Same with caffeine, coffee, soda, right? Soda was a new thing at one point, and then over time we learned that hey, it could be really addicting, and science shows it and backs it up. You know, same with porn. It's just porn is so it's something that people don't want to talk about. Right, because it's it's so like abstract, so so cliche that, and and it's sexual, right? So but look how deep porn is in our culture, bro. Right, it is, but it's 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 in our culture, and it's. I'm it's sorry, I meant to say sex. I meant to say it's sex, not porn. Well, yeah, yeah. So it's engraved in our culture, and there's so much sex promotion because nobody wants to address it any other way, right? Nobody, everyone's scared to address it, so they let it run. Right, they let, let a roll. You know, you got Cardi B and you know Megan Thee Stallion shaking their ass on TV and all and all of that. And then they want to take away our guns and, and take away certain freedoms, but they're completely okay with you know a 15 year old girl having Megan Stallion's ass. She's dancing and that's her role model, right? So where the hell is the education? In that? And a lot of it stems from education. If you wanna, if you don't want a problem to develop, the best way is prevention, not addressing it when it happens and fixing it. It's it's promoting that this. It's the promotion that that doesn't happen. So it's education. A lot of things stuff for education. And we failed to realize, same with like the, I don't want to bring it back to that, that, that $1 billion bill, but look how much $1 billion could have went to education. Take, yes. Give half half a billion to marketing for COVID-19 vaccine and give the half the billion to, you know, porn addiction. Because clearly some guy just killed people over it, right? Where's the connection there? No one's seeing it besides, besides a couple of nurses or what?
<laughs> I know, man. Blows my mind, dude. And ironically, with all these mass shootings happening, there was two in in a week t- a time frame. I don't know when the last one was. Um, ironically, tomorrow in the Supreme Court, they're actually going into um, what are they going into? So there's going to be a Supreme Court uh, case to justify whether it's okay for cops to enter without a warrant into your home. So the Biden administration is urging for that to happen. So we could deescalate gun violence in a way. That's the big motive here. We're actually going to go into two laws, correct? That happen. Um, so this, this all, so I, the way things happen is there's something that happens in court. And I believe you could, um, I don't know. See, a couple of nurses does you want to maybe science. Give a background of the situation before we go into the court stuff of what happened. Cause this case is called Canigula versus Strom. If you guys want to look it up, you can, but you want to explain what happened. Yeah, I could explain. But before that, maybe we should touch about the other case that ha- happened. Kate, uh, Caddy versus Dombrovsky. Sure. So, so originally what happened with that case. So every single time, I don't know how the Supreme, I don't know how law exactly works. I'm going to try to put it into the best words possible. Whenever cases have to get escalated into the Supreme Court or a law has to get changed, correct? So they could change how the Fourth Amendment works, correct? So in this man's case, um, there was a car crash involving police. Police took this car into a private garage. Later, they searched this uh, car and they found a revolver. So supposedly that was a illegal search because there was no warrant. <clears throat> Excuse me. But they, they, they said that the, um, what is that word? The, um, the community, the, talking about? the community, what is it called? Community officer, community uh, duty. What is that word? Jeez. Community, care, community caretaker. Exception. Community taker. So what happened is they said, this is a community caretaker exception, meaning the cop was just doing his thing. He wanted to make sure the car is legally safe and there's nothing happening. Found a revolver, went up to the Supreme Court. Turns out that the Community Caretaker Act or the role as a police officer extends into cars. So now police officers could legally search your car if they find it necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is that happened. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know when it is, this exactly happened. And this stems into the next case, which we're going to talk about. And this is um, Kaniga versus Storm, which is going to uh, take place tomorrow. Strom, Kaliga versus Strom. Strom. Kaliga versus Strom. Uh, with that case, what happened? This was in Rhode Island. Uh, Mr. Kanliga had an argument with his wife. His wife went to the hotel. Later, she called the cops that um, the cops should provide a wellness check for her husband. Cops showed up at the place. Um, Long story short, what happened is they said that he needs to have a wellness check to go have a psychiatric eval. Maybe he has a mental illness. He said, okay, as long as you don't um, take my take my gun away. And the reason why the light, the wife left is I believe the gun was taken out during this argument. It was, by the way, unloaded. So no bullets. Um, turns out that the officer still took away and confiscated his weapon. So this is a court case that his community, his community, take uh, the police officer, the community take care, caretaker had the right to search the house. So tomorrow, March 24th is going to, uh, is going to justify whether the Community Caretaker Act actually goes into the houses, meaning they could legally search your home without a warrant. Yeah, so my thing is like the the Caretaker Act is only valid if you're like passing by doing your job. But I feel like this isn't going to work in this case because 
if that police officer didn't get a call from that wife, he wouldn't have not been anywhere near that home, right? So that kind of takes away that that caretaker act in a sense because if because once that person calls somebody, once a, once you get called as a cop and you got to go check out a scene, you're already investigating. Right? By, by, right. by, by the way, can you differentiate the two? I think people should know that before we get in get into that. Difference between what two? Community caretaker and like being a police officer. Where where does the community caretaker role? Um, so like the lie? community caretaker act is is only it allows you to to bypass the Fourth Amendment, not requiring you to have a search and seizure. You know, and that's minus probable cause. So if it's like a, like a cop just driving by, you know, do, doing his job and. He, he deems there's like a threat or something, then, then he, he has a right to, you know, help out this situation, right? Without, yes. but that's only if it's not an investigation because if a cop is doing his job, driving around, you know, like in that case with the court case that you mentioned before where he searched his car, the reason why the cop found the gun is because he was searching the, the car per protocol. It's, it's what they do when they have a, a car come in, right? Because if someone's gonna, going to, let's say, uh, dismember the car for parts you have to make sure it's safe to dismember for parts right that's what was going to happen to it because the car got damaged and there's no there's not gonna be any repairing so this officer has to make sure the car is, is is safe to search right because god forbid someone breaks down that car and he gets scratched by a knife or that gun goes off then that's a whole different situation right yes the cop wasn't doing an investigation on it you know he was just making sure it was, it was safe because it's their possession and they have to do these proper protocols for it to kind of get shipped off and in this case, there was that cop would not have been at that person's home if he was not not called. So you can't say that that that's the care the caretaker added because it wasn't because it's already opening up an investigation. He was he was there for a purpose to make make sure it's safe it's safe right. And I, and I know hey caretaker act it also involves safety, but he's already opening up an investigation right. Here he spoke to the person that was going to need to go to the hospital. He made his needs known, and I'm okay with the cop taking away that gun and having him sent to the hospital. I'm, I'm okay with that. But my belief is that cop was probably being a dick and he took the gun away and didn't want to give, give it back because the person that owned the gun, he legally was able to have the gun. And I'm sure he was, he had an issue retrieving his, his gun back, right? Because he didn't go to the hospital and he was deemed, deemed fit, deemed sane, right? So he probably went back to the police station, wanted to get his weapons back and the cops were, were being dicks back and forth to it. And he's like, hey, if you guys are going to be a dick, I'm going to be a, be a dick too. And probably looked up the law or the protocol that cops are supposed to follow, and they probably didn't follow it according to the protocol, and now they're making a court case out of it. That's probably yeah. what happened. I think they're making a giant situation of a situation that could have been handled more properly if the cop was following proper protocol and probably was, wasn't big and dick. Because I, I like cops. I'm not anti-police. You know, I'm, I'm pro-blue. I believe they're very necessary. But sometimes cops are dicks, same as nurses. Sometimes nurses are dicks too. We have a lot of nurses, a lot of cops. You're going to have those people. Yep. And not, not to mention that um, the cops didn't assess him whether he's a threat and there was no danger at that time. And they didn't do like a proper psychiatric eval. This man didn't take any medications. He never committed suicide before. He had a clean record. So there was literally nothing for the cop to be like, I think this is dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, I, and, and that goes back into uh, police training. We need better police training. We need to spend money on these people because, you know, you're, you, you, I don't know how long police academy is, man. We go to school for four years. They go to school for like a year, maybe a year and a half. Who knows? And they become cops and they have to, you know, protect and serve us. We need more education and things like that. Even like, 
even um, if I was in that role and I have my nursing experience, I would maybe ask questions that we usually ask patients when it comes to suicide or any kind of medical illness. Do they have depression, right? That cop probably just skipped all those steps. Mm -hmm. And that that's where we're walking a very fine line, whether we find uh, it necessary that this community caretaker act or a caregiver act is, is able to go into homes and search it, um, it legally. So yeah, this you, this yeah. is mind blowing that this is going to be tomorrow court. How ironic that it's happening right before a mass shooting yesterday. You know what I'm saying? And we could vouch for our, for like nursing. Like we don't get enough education as nurses. You, you could say that majority of learning is on the job for nurses, right? Yes. Cops. You can't you can't train somebody how to properly react in a certain situation. You can train them to a certain extent, but a lot of it's trained on the job, right? And I think with with same as nursing and cops, if you go into a unit, uh, like I know a police, police unit, and your senior officers aren't abiding by the rules, they're taking shortcuts, you're gonna think it's okay for you to not follow the rules and take shortcuts as well. Same in nursing. If you have a nurse that you know takes shortcuts, does, does things very quickly, you're going to learn the same way, especially as, as a new guy, right? It's always gonna be back in your mind that, hey, I can take a shortcut. And same with cops, you know, that, that's how it works too. And it's, it's, it's hard because with these careers that we have, it's a majority learning on a job and it's really hard to fully prep you, right? So what's, what's good for preparation is to have maybe officers assigned that do fall protocol and do everything properly. Those should be assigned to people, just the new people that come in, right? So they can actually get proper on-site education, you know, because you have to have somebody as a role model that does things right. Same in nursing, same with every kind of, occupation that involves learning on the job. So you can't really fully train a cop to react and fully respond to a situation appropriately in school and education. But a better thing to do for them is pair them up with an officer that does things properly, man. And same with nurses. If you want a good future nurse, you pair them up with a good, good um, orientation background, right? You have a nurse that does proper things and does things properly, they can teach you how to do things properly. So your fundamentals are already properly, not shortcuts. You want your fundamentals to be, to be shortcuts and have that God complex and, and saying, hey, I'm a cop with a gun, I'm authority, and I can do what I, what I want. You can't have that because there's cops like that that take advantage of that. And you can't have somebody like that be a role model because that's just going to breed those kind of cops. And that's not going to be appropriate. Same with nurses, man. I agree with you, man. And it's funny because they're in the bucket of being frontline warriors, correct? Like when it comes to nursing, police officers, like it's not black and white. Our, every single situation is so different and so unique. And we just need to be armed properly, correct? Just like in the ICU. Every single day we go into the hospital, we don't know what to expect. We don't know what's going to happen, what kind of patients we're going to have, when that patient's going to crash. We just have this critical set of uh, critical thinking skills, I should say, that allows us to troubleshoot the situation on the spot and properly engage and solve the issue and save the patient, correct? Same thing with police officers, just like you're mentioning. They don't know what there's, what's going to happen every single shift, right? There, there might be a crazy call, might be a shooting there. Hey, burglary there, I got to respond to it, right? But what's going to help that officer is that proper critical thinking, that training, having the correct preceptor, just like in nursing, to be able for him to, you know, um, what is it called? Respond to situations. And that goes back to education, man. We should be funneling more money into education, into training, just like into the lower income families, right? Education, that's going to solve the issue of disparities 
and it's going to solve that gap of income, whether it's going to educate people on how to properly like cope, everything like it goes full circle, man. I feel like education is taking out of American culture for some reason. And I think that's like the solution to a lot of problems that we're, we're facing, man. Just like in school, we're learning, we're learning like some crazy ass geometry and trigonometry that we might never ever apply in our life because it's all about percentages, adding, multiplying that those are the basics, but we never talk about mental health, how to deal with emotions, how to probably cope, even in nursing school, dude, like they don't, they teach us care plans, just like we laughed about um, last episode, but we don't talk about things on how to like probably cope with nurse bullying, how to cope with, you know, crazy patients, how to cope with yourself, how to de-stress yourself, mental health, full circle. Once again, man, education is just ripped out of our freaking damn brain. That's beautiful, man. I mean, I'd close it on that if you want, man. <laughs> I would, I would, I want to say cheers on that one, but I ran out of my drink, bro. So I'm next telling time. you, dude, like I, I still have a lot of mine because mine tastes like Windex. So I don't know if the, if the ice, I don't know if somebody washed it improperly, but it tastes like Windex. I can't even finish my drink. I feel like I'm gonna get a stomach ulcer, dude. I feel you, brother. We're gonna wrap this one up, guys. Of course, thank you for listening as always. Don't forget, 420 is that secret date that Cup of Nurses has an announcement. Stay tuned. Drop it in the calendar, and hopefully, you guys enjoyed this beautiful episode about. COVID passports about the mass shootings and about the Supreme court ruling that's going to take place tomorrow with the community caretaker or care is a caretaker, caregiver, yeah, Which, whichever caretaker act. So thank you for tuning in guys. We love you. Appreciate you like comment, subscribe as always. See you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much guys. Have a beautiful day. Peace.